Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Four Roses. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how you doing today? I'm doing really good. I mean, you know, had a week one fantasy football win. You know, there Colts you looked... Despite a loss, not too bad. Yeah, uh, and then of the course we're we're headed into week two, about to head into week two of fantasy football, and you're ready Playing to lose to me. <laughs> <laughs> Gratefully losing to you so far. So far, this week's not done. So far, so good. Yeah, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> we. There's a lot of football left for sure. Yeah, and uh, after only Thursday, and yeah, you're gonna. Um, it's gonna be good. I'm excited yeah. for it. What else is going yeah. on? What else are you excited about? Just football and the cooler weather. You, you're ready uh, yeah. for fall, or are you kind of gonna? Are you sad that summer's going away? I'm ready for fall. I mean, you know, ready for consistently cooler weather. Yeah. You know, not this flip-flopping between like 70s to 90s, back oh. down to 70s, back <laughs> up to 80s. Right, where you never know what you're going to get. I'm ready for I, I'm ready for fall. But the, yeah. The football, the cooler weather, the, uh, the, the I feel like a lot of good bourbons come out in the fall. Yeah, that's yeah. when a lot of the good, like al- especially allocated bourbons yeah. start to come out. For sure, yeah. So it's it's exciting, exciting time of the year. Hopefully everyone else is excited as well. And of course, we are extremely oh, yeah. excited. Very, extremely excited. Very, very, very excited about this episode. You're going to find out very soon why. We've already done a Four Roses episode, but we're doing one again because we got our hands on something very special. So Andy, why don't we just dive on in, tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Four Roses. Of course. So Four Roses, I think our first episode on them was, I want to say like episode 22 around there, Rose Colored Whiskey Glasses was the uh, episode, but it was one of our first like 20 or 25 episodes. Uh, I just don't remember which one offhand, Um, but for a brief recap of them. Uh, they were originally founded in the early 1880s by um, Paul Jones Jr., who had founded in, it in Lawrenceburg, or the Lawrenceburg area, Kentucky, um, but then quickly, within the first four years, moved the uh, company out to uh, Louisville's Whiskey Row in 1884, um, and later, about 30-ish years later, in 1910, moved it back to Lawrenceburg, in what is their now still current, as far as I know, current um, distilling operations, uh, which is a national historic landmark, um, nice. and bought and then also bought the Frankfurt Distilling Company in 1922, about a decade and a half, decade, decade and a half later. There. Gotcha. Yeah, I was uh, looking. I couldn't find the episode though. I'll have to go yeah. back. And, we'll, we'll go back and uh, we'll post something for you guys. Yeah, uh, the doors were initially. Um, so not, so they kind of were operating fairly well in those first 30, 40 ish years. Uh, unfortunately they weren't one of the six bourbon distilleries to get a license to, um, distill during prohibition. I think they were maybe still, maybe still aging some of their stocks, but they were not distilling during prohibition. Gotcha. So, um, that's kind of surprising because I feel like Four Roses is kind of one of like the OG the, yeah, distilleries. Yeah. They're now one of the staple ones. Yeah. yeah for Inter- most people in- to have. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so it is kind of a bit surprising. Yeah. But, um, you know, then once they reopened after Prohibition, had a few years in the 30s where they were kind of doing well, but then a lot of change in hands um, in terms of ownership and everything between the 40s and 2002. Um, I don't know exactly how many times, but there were numerous different times that they changed hands during that span, during that 62-year span. Um but, you know, they've survived, they continue to survive through it. A lot of that success for them came from the fact that 
despite them being a bourbon brand, um, you know, a lot of their success they found at least during that time and earlier um, in overseas markets in Europe, in Europe, and then especially in Japan. Hmm. So they became a Europe. So they became a Europe and Japan only brand, even though they're being distilled here during that time. So Four Roses is really popular overseas. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know that all of their products are, Yeah, but at least during that time, I think this like their regular bourbon. label, yeah. just their regular standard 80 proof bourbon sure. is really popular. Very cool. Um, eventually though, when Kieran Distilling bought them in 2002, uh, they actually brought the brand back to the American market. And since then, you know, for the last two decades... 21 years uh they've you know enjoyed pretty good success here in the american market still uh with their products and everything you know they might not be like a buffalo trace old forester like level giant but they've seen steady success right uh and rec- you know a recognizable brand agreed I, uh, and i feel like they are very like yeah. anyone who knows bourbon loves yeah. four roses yeah like i mean like i said they're not going to be like a buffalo trace even a jack right. daniels Type of like right. household name, like you just see the bottle, you know what it is. But anybody who knows and appreciates right. bourbon knows who they are. Yeah, not quite like a Makers or something like that. Exactly. But yeah, I agree. Anyone who's in it, they, they know. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, they know. I yeah. mean, as far as like single barrels that are easily accessible. Oh yeah. Four Roses single barrel is one of my favorite single barrels on the market. Oh yeah. As far it, as like ones that are easy to find. Yeah, like easy to find. Definitely. Yeah, definitely easily accessible. Definitely. You know, good to um, even enjoy. I mean, I like their single barrels, but I also like them um, most of their products, anyways. Sure, yeah. I mean, I like the regular bourbon too, and it's yeah, it's very affordable. Yeah. Um, and, and their brand, the name actually comes from um, Jones's love for a Southern Belle. Uh, mm-hmm. Back back in the day, um, he had asked her to marry him, and her response was basically that. If she answered, her way of answering yes would be um, at like a grand ball in, I think, Louisville, like the next one that was being held. If she said yes, his way of knowing was she would wear a corsage of four roses. Okay. So that's how they came out with the name. Um, they use definitely, they're like the one brand that I think uses, at least in America that I know of, uses kind of the most unique way of... Um, doing all their mash bills, mm-hmm. um, ten different mash bill recipes in total. That wow. um, they okay. use two different um, mash bills specifically, an E mash bill and a B mash bill. Um, basically, the E mash bill is higher in corn and lower in rye, whereas the uh, so it's a seventy-five corn, twenty rye, five barley. Whereas the B mash bill is their higher rye bourbon uh, mash bill, which is 60 corn, 35 rye, 5 barley. And then they have five different yeast strains, um, uh, V, K, O, Q, and F, that when they um, go in to make it, one of those five different mash bills, then or one of those five different yeast strains, then combined with one of the two mash bills, ends up resulting in 10 different mash bills or 10 different recipes total. So five for each mash bill. Okay. Um, and so basically it'll always be O blank, which will be the mash bill. Um, and then S which denotes uh, straight bourbon. And then 
the yeast strain is the last letter. So like if it's it's an OESK, that means it's a 75% corn mash bill with their um what their K yeast strain hmm. made in Lawrenceburg straight bourbon. Okay. Um and then so that's basically all about their uh, mash bills. Then all their that g- ends up going into their uh, several different products that they have. Uh, you know, their standard eighty proof that I mentioned earlier, just a standard. Uh, now it's a tan label. Used to be a yellow label. Then they have their small batch, small batch select, single barrels, which of course would be a singular um, recipe and then single barrel and everything. Right. Um, they do have some. I don't know every single Japanese only product but they do have some japanese only products oh, since they are very popular in japan yeah i think they might be one of the only brands that's very popular there i'm assuming we don't really know how they got popular there it just just from i word don't, of mouth and consumption i guess I, I think it was just consumption and word of mouth yeah. i don't know exactly gotcha. how they got so popular in japan but okay. they did yeah for sure and then they have their um once a year limited releases every year and so that's actually one of the ones that we are trying today. We, I luckily, well in, done, Andy, well done. <laughs> I actually lucked out in their um, 130. Since this is their 135th anniversary this year in 2023, um, I lucked out in their 135th anniversary um, Ellie drop in their raffle for it. Um, Have you bought a lottery ticket yet? Because like, you keep winning all these bourbon lotteries, you need to buy a real lottery ticket. <laughs> I, I need to, I need to get one. I was telling you, like, I know, like we need to go in together because, like, somehow I keep winning. Yeah, for sure. Just going on that Powerball and share the winnings <laughs> when it hits like a like five billion dollars or something. Right. But um, so this is their 2023 release. It's their small batch barrel strength, um, and it's bottled at 108 proof, okay. so 54 percent ABV. Gotcha. And then the one we're trying is actually bottle 5,147 out of 15,060 bottles. Gotcha. So only 15,000 bottles in the world of this exist. Yeah. And we have only 15,000 of it exists. Very cool. And so this year, this year's release is um, actually going to be a blend of, like I said, it's 108 proof, the highest proof that I think they've ever made one of these at. Oh, wow. Um. But then it's the break. I don't know the exact breakdown of all these different barrels. Okay. Uh, like what percentage of each of the ages went into it. But it's broken down as follows. Um, there's four different ages in it and three of their different re- recipes. So it's um, recipe. They have recipe six, their OESV recipe, which is a 12 year old. They have barrels from that. They okay. also have the same recipe, 16 year old barrels. Going into that. Okay. Then recipe seven, OESK. They have barrels, 14-year-old barrels going into it. As well as recipe one, OBSV. And these are the oldest barrels they've ever produced and put into a limited release. 25-year-old barrels in it. Wow. So there's 25-year-old whiskey in this. Yeah. Anywhere between 20, 12 and 25-year-old whiskey in it. Yeah. That's uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Pretty legit. Are, are we ready to try it? I, I, yeah, I know I'm, I'm ready. I know I'm, I'm ready. ready. <laughs> I'm ready for it, yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, folks, as always with the tastings, we're going to start with the nose. 
I mean, so so nice for a for a 108 proof. I mean, you would. I mean, man, it's really yeah. it doesn't burn at all. It, yeah, it re, just in terms of the way that ethanol and alcohol approaches you, it reminds me a little bit of antique 107 Weller antique 107 sure just the way it approaches you i know one proof difference but so you're thinking maybe like a sweeter note when you as far as like a when you compare it to like a weller well like just with with the way the alcohol comes off of it that's what i mean like it's far more approachable from that standpoint sure sure oh i know i see what you're saying Are, are there any like specific notes you're picking out um i'm definitely picking out like last, I actually tried it before we even started the episode. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, 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 <laughs> no I one tried, blames. No I, one blames you. I had to take a half day off the first day it was dropped for me to actually pick it up. Yeah, to drive drove, from Cincinnati down all the way down to Lawrenceburg to yeah. pick it up. What was that like a ninety minute each way? Kind of like something like uh, that. Two two and a half hours each way. Oh wow! Depending on I, I mean I hit some traffic, but like two hours oh, yeah. each way. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so you definitely went out of your way. But yeah, I'm definitely getting like some like. Salted caramel chocolate in there. Yeah. Getting like some bright red fruit in I, it. Yeah, I get the caramel sweetness. Um, yeah. I get some like walnut or like hazelnut, like nutty notes in it for me. Um, not like overly nutty, but definitely like those two in it. Um, yeah. It's it's just, it's like very, it's just lovely, you know? Like it's, yeah. it doesn't like jump at you, but it just, it's just, you just want to waft it kind of. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's mm-hmm. give it, a, let's give it a taste. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And thanks for picking it up. Of course, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. <coughs> yeah, that is very, very good. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Yeah, that is. So I should say. It's quite lovely. <clears throat> yeah. Are you. <clears throat> I have some thoughts. I want to hear yours first, though, because you've had it already. What are there some any any specific notes that you're picking up there on the palate? So I'm definitely I'm definitely getting those like caramel, yep. chocolate. Um, I'm getting a little bit more like that hazelnut and pecan note in it. I completely agree. A um, little bit of spice on the back in end. It. Yeah, definitely spice in it. Definitely some like rice spice in it, kind of coming down. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get a little bit of that like oak barrel note in it, but mm-hmm. it's very muted. Yeah. Um. And pairs very well with like that walnut pecan note that I get off of it. Um, I feel like it's a little smoother up front, and then kind of packs a little bit of a wallop at the end, yeah. where you can that's those spices kind of come out a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, Man, for sure. And then it, it it's quite lovely though. Yeah, and then for me, I mean it it definitely like packs a punch there. Like it just in terms of oh, like yeah. it just it, it kind of sneaks up on you though. Yeah, it sneaks up. It's but it's like. And packs the like definitely a Kentucky hug with those rye spices coming down, but then it's still like for me on the palate, it's still just like lingering there mm-hmm. for uh, me, for sure. Yeah, um, and I should say before anybody says, like I said, very limited number of bottles, so <laughs> fifty thousand in the world. <laughs> yeah, so if you're lucky to find one, definitely get it. Definitely try and get it. But I'm gonna say it's not gonna be cheap. Right. So it's tell a the folks two, out there. What'd you pay? It's a. Luckily, I won it from, like I said, I won it from the distillery. Sure. So I got it at MSRP from them. Nice. MSRP is 200 bucks. Right. So secondary, this bottle will go for like a grand probably. <laughs> it would probably, <laughs> I, I, it, it, I could see it maybe going for that much, but at least starting probably two to three times what sure. I paid for it. 100%. To get just from the distillery. 100%. But like I said, I mean, it's, mm. 
Like, just trying that, that's definitely one. Like, I, oh, I am going to be keeping that around for a while. Yeah, very, very, that, very nice. Like I texted you, did. that is a special occasion whiskey. So, Pappy, Four Roses here, what are we, like, I, I know, because we, we did a, we did a, I don't know. Do we don't want? have, I mean, we, we could do it if you want. If you, I, I, cause I brought the pap, our, the Van Winkle lot B I have too. If you want to do a side by side of them, we can do it they're, on the episode or not. They're your whiskeys, man. What do you want to do? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's All right. Just so, see what it is. so we're going to pause the show guys. So we can finish our four roses. We're not going to rush through that, of course. And then we'll come back and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll compare it to some pappy. All right, folks, we are back. We are going to now compare the Pappy Van Winkle that Andy has. Uh, the to Van Winkle Lot V12 here. Exactly, yep. Uh, to the, uh, yeah, we've got to be specific there, to the uh, the four roses that we just uh, tried. So, of course, as always, we're going to start with the nose. Okay. A lot, lot smoother of a nose. Yeah. Comparative. What, what is the proofage on this one? Uh, this one's 93. So there's gotcha. about a 15 proof difference in both of them makes sense um between this and then the 108 on the four roses i agree the four roses was i think this one is a little less alcohol forward yeah Le- like less ethanol yeah less are alcohol you, are you picking forward. up any other notes definitely like some leather or red fruit in there yeah um for me that's the most dominant notes i'm picking up um definitely i get those too other than that, just kind of like candy sweetness and red fruit sweetness on it. Sure. Let's let's taste it. Cheers. Cheers. They seem like very comparable. Very, 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 very comparable. I mean, I know at MSRP, this one's only 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 120 dollar difference there in msrp um but i mean even you know comparing it the four roses to this van winkle the lot b i mean it definitely definitely does not drink the four roses does not drink like an 108 it definitely drinks a lot closer to this yeah um but i mean you still you get like i know i've had this for this van winkle for like six months more eight months more longer but um I mean, there's definitely a lot more, like, notes I can pick out of that Four Roses than this. Yeah. Um, it's just very, this is just very approachable, smooth. So if you got to you gotta go head-to-head, got to compare them, which one you, which one are you keeping? I, I think if, if, if I had to choose today you between to. <laughs> I either sell off a, a filled bottle of either or buy a filled bottle of either, I might choose the Four Roses. But, um, I mean, both of them are exceptionally good. I know, you know, the like we were saying earlier, the secondary prices are just going to be astronomical for both. Right. But I think regardless, either way, if you have that money to spend, it's definitely worth it to get either one of them. Yeah, I agree. I think I give the slight nod to the Four Roses, but I think it's so close that it's, you know, you can't really go wrong with it. Yeah, both of them are very, very good. And, I mean, this one is exclusively age-dated. The Loppy is age-dated at 12, whereas that's not. Right. Four Roses isn't. But I'm sure both of them have, you know, obviously 12-plus-year-old whiskey in there that, I mean, it's, like we were saying, it's hard to distinguish between both, but I would definitely say the Four Roses is slight edge, like 51-49 edge for me. For sure. 
<clears throat> All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, listen to, and share every episode of Distill Discussions. We really do appreciate your support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, we'll be here to drink with you next week.